Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and may God bless. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Wellspring Tabernacle once again. Um, One of the blessings of preaching through a book is that when the Lord leads you in another direction, you can go in that direction, and that's exactly what I'm going to do today. Um, If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn. be turning to Psalm chapter 34, or Psalm 34. Before I read the text this morning, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about what David's writing about here. Um, In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21, if you want to read it, read about it. Um, David is fleeing from King Saul. Saul wants him dead. Saul wants to kill him. Saul has heard the people saying Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands, and Saul wants to kill him. So he, and, and I mean, it really was, it was a dumb move on David's part. He runs to the Philistine city of Gath, and he finds himself in even more trouble when he gets there. He's presented to the Philistine king, Achish, and he's recognized. All right, the Bible says this. It says, And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself mad in their hands, scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. So David runs and hides in a cave, all right? He has fled from his homeland and went into a foreign country. The king there, he's afraid of him, so he acts like he's crazy. He's foaming at the mouth, he's slobbering, he's snotting, and ever I mean, just being crazy. And so he, ru- he flees from the city of Gath, and he goes and hides in a cave. And while hiding in the cave, he pins these words in Psalm 34 and verse 17. It says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. And with the help of God this morning, if I could, I want to look at this verse in the light of this thought. He's in the room. All right, now I want to be perfectly honest today. Um, I've been fighting a spiritual battle for, for a while now. I've been wrestling with doubt and with insecurity about our church and there's no manual for church planning that tells you the do's and don'ts and I'm learning just like you're all learning day in and day out, week in and week out um, and, and while I do know that we're doing exactly what God wants us to do the enemy still wants to rear his ugly head with doubt and with discouragement and insecurities and anything he can but today And y'all hear me this morning, today a line is being drawn in the sand. And we're going, with the help of God, we're not only going to say, but we're going to do what the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 1. It says, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud as witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Right now, today, we are surrounded both here and in heaven by a great 
great cloud of witnesses and we're going to set aside the weight of the sin that so easily besets us, all right? Now we know from the backdrop of this story in Psalm 34 that David was in big trouble. The king of his own country wanted him dead. The king of the neighboring country believed he was crazy and he was hiding in a cave. So why would he write a psalm giving praise to God when he was in the mess that he's in? He's not out of a mess. He is in the middle of a mess. And in the middle of that mess, he starts giving God glory for delivering out of him out of trouble. All right. The verse says the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of the, all their troubles. All right. Now before before we all start blubbering and start shedding tears, I want us to look at the word righteous. All right, we hear a lot of talk about righteousness, but what does it mean for a man or for a woman to be righteous? All right, the word literally means to be just or morally right. And the only way that happens for us today, the only way that we can be moral, that we can be righteous in the eyes of God is by trusting and knowing in the, the finished work of Calvary. All right. We are made righteous before God when we trust in Christ. However, that righteousness gets tarnished when we sin. When we willingly embrace a habit or a lifestyle that's sinful, that righteousness is tarnished. And that's why it's so important for us not to pursue and live in sin, but to pursue Christ and His kingdom. Our salvation is not a license to sin, but the God-granted ability to live in freedom from sin. We'll never achieve sinless perfection on this side, but we will no longer be enslaved to sin either. God is working in us by the power of the Holy Ghost, making us more and more like Jesus. Lift up your head this morning, child of God. It isn't in our ability to be to be righteous and to live perfect and to live right that God looks at to verify your standing with Him when He looks at you. And it's just like over in, over in Exodus when God was going to send death to to come down and to kill all the firstborn. He said, when I see the blood, I'll not come nigh your dwelling friend. When God looks at you, He sees the blood of His Son and He says justified and made righteous in my eyes. It's not about what I, and that, 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 like I said, that doesn't give us the right to go out and to live. Paul said in Romans 5.20 moreover sin did abound but where, but where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. Does this mean we go and sin? God forbid. No. We don't go in sin, but we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and that keeps us in line with God. But now, but this, but but now it's the righteousness of Jesus that God seeks, and He is satisfied with it. Jesus didn't say it is finished for nothing. When he said it is finished, that means it is accomplished. There's nothing more to be done. God was satisfied with the sacrifice that he made. But that, but knowing now what righteousness is and whose righteousness we trust in, it makes the next word in this psalm all that more beautiful. Alright, so far we've looked at the righteous. Alright, but there's another word here. And it, the word we find here is cry. And in the Hebrew language, it literally means to shriek or to clamor. I want you to think of a baby. Alright, before they learn 
learn to talk, babies have one language. They will cry and shriek and pitch a fit when something is wrong and they won't stop until they get satisfaction. They do not quit until their need is met. They'll wring their little lungs out until mama or daddy comes to see what's going on, whether it's something wrong or whether they just want to be held or whether they're hungry, whatever it might be, they will scream at you until you finally listen and go get them. Whether they need to be changed, whether they're hungry or they just want to be held, they will cry until something happens. Most Christians today are right the opposite. We'll be in unimaginable pain and agony and we won't say a word. We will be so stoic as to refuse God when He comes to help us. We'll be angry and hurt and be silent. We'll be an offense to someone and say nothing. We will suffer in silence rather than do what the Bible says to do. We're told in Hebrews to come boldly to the throne of grace. We're told in Isaiah to cry aloud and spare not. We're told God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We're told to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us and yet we still sit silently. Do you not realize this morning how much simpler our lives would be if we would just simply do what the Bible says? My God, ain't that a revelation this morning? Just do what the book says and watch God work. People running around, oh, I'm looking for God to give me a word. I'm looking for God to give me a word. Not ten times out of ten, it's somebody that needs to get in the word for God to give them a word. He giveth 66 books worth of word. And don't tell me that you're looking for it if you ain't been in what he's already given. But rather than trying to fix it ourselves, and you, when we have a problem, rather than trying to fix it ourselves we, and using God as a last resort, why do we not just go to Him first? Amen. He hears the cry of the righteous and He delivers them out of their troubles. Now, right now, there's been a lot of talk recently about deliverance. All right, there's been movies made about it, and right now there's a huge deliverance moving, movement going on in the church. All right, but what is deliverance exactly? What does deliverance look like? The word itself means to snatch away or to rescue, but it can also mean to be torn away, alright? Imagine yourself in a briar patch. You can't move without getting hurt by the thorns, alright? You're stuck and you're stuck good. One of two things happens. You'll either stay there or you'll get out, alright? Getting out will be painful, yes, but freedom is on the other side. The thorns will rip and tear at you, but temporary pain isn't worthy to be compared with freedom. Much like Paul says in Romans 8, the sufferings of this present life aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed. Any pain that you may go through when God delivers you in a relationship or things you may lose aren't worth being compared to what's on the other side. The other side is where you can enjoy the freedom that only Christ can give. All right, and I'm just going to tell you this morning, I'm tired of week in and week out coming in together to worship and seeing the downtrodden looks and the downcastness. All right, the, your countenance is down. You're downtrodden. Lift up your head this morning. Alright, let your cry be heard. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Cry loud and spare not. Because God hears the cry of the righteous and He delivers them out of all of their troubles. But faces that were once filled with joy in this room have been made to carry the weight of the world. But this morning... The enemy will be evicted from your life if you will allow God to do it.
Because, and how, how do I know that? How can I? You say, oh, well, you're the pastor. What do you go through? You don't know what I'm going through, all right? No, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And I know that he's enough for whatever the problem might be. If I might just share with you, if I could ask just a few people from back in the Bible what it means to be delivered, I believe they'd testify to this fact, all right? God never left them. He was right by their side the entire time. I wonder this morning if we was to go ask Daniel when he got thrown in the lion's den who it was that closed the mouth of the lion. I wonder if we might ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. I believe they'd turn and show you the fourth man that was in the fire with them. I wonder if we might ask Ruth when she'd lost her husband and everything else and was picking scraps up out of the field. I wonder if she might be able to tell you who her redeemer was this morning. I wonder if we might ask Job who when the devil has tormenting him in body and in everything around him, he was the one that said, I know that my redeemer lives. If you go ask the disciples when they were hiding in the upper room for fear of the Jews, who it was that come walking through the wall and stood in the midst of them and caused Thomas to fall on his face and say, my Lord and my God, this morning I want you to listen to me and hear me well. All right, they tell you this morning that he's in the room. They tell you that he's a friend that comes closer and sticks closer than a brother. He's the loving bridegroom who dotes on his bride. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. And he is my friend and thanks be to God. He's in the room this morning when everybody else is gone. When when my significant other's mad at me and won't speak to me, he's still in the room. Alright, when everybody in the world despises you, the dog don't like you, nobody else wants to hear from you, God is still in the room. If you belong to Him, friend, you're never alone. Amen. Oh. But you can go off no matter where you are, no matter how far you've gone. Whether if you're at home with the Father or whether you're eating with the pigs, Jesus is always there. How do I know that? Because I know He's in the room. He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us but go with us all the way. And friend, He meant that very thing. Alright, you think about the ditches that you've drugged Jesus along with you through knowing that He never ever left you. He, ne- he always stood right there by your side. <sighs> But when the whole world comes crashing down around you and you think you can't go on anymore, He's always right there. Some of you this morning, right here and right now, you're in a mess. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. All right, you need help that no one but the Lord can help. You need to rattle heaven's windows this morning. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Cry loud and spare not. Go boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Lord is not deaf that He can't hear. His arm is not shortened that he cannot save. He's in the room this morning. All right, I wish somebody would help me just for a few minutes because he's in the room. The Bible says to call on him while he's near and to seek him while he may be found. He's in the room. And how do I know he's in the room? Because of what the very next verse in Psalm 34 says. It says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart 
and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. All right. Now this word nigh, it's very interesting and it means several different things. It means several different kinds of near. It means near personally. It means near a specific place and it means near at a specific time. If it were rendered as literal as possible, the verse would say something like this. The Lord is near personally in the exact place and at the exact time. Those who are broken hearted at and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The word contrite means crushed, alright, but he, he is near personally at the exact place and at the exact time and he's of those that are broken hearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit, alright. Be honest this morning with the Lord and yourself, alright. Are you broken hearted? Do you feel crushed by the weight of everything going on in your life? He's in the room. He's near you personally. He's right here in this place at this exact moment. And as you cry out to Him, He will hear you. He will deliver you. Alright? The ball is in your court today, friend. Alright? You can all, you can, you've heard the old, old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I serve a God who delights in not only leading horses to water, but making them drink. Alright? That's what David said in Psalm 23, wasn't it? He said, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And thank God this morning He restores my soul. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over, friend. When was the last time that your cup ran over because you knew that God was right there with you? Alright, when was the last time that you felt intimacy with God? That you felt close to God? And you say, well, you just don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. No, and I don't have to because I know the one that listens when the righteous cry loud and spare not. I know the one who says I will come and deliver you out of trouble. I know the one who says he's near to them that are of a broken heart and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I know a God who comes down into the ditch of my life and lifts me up. I know a God this morning who is able and ready and willing to deliver all those that will call on His name. Amen. You don't have to go to some big hyped up magnum preacher for God to deliver you. All you've got to do is what the Bible says. It says the righteous cry and the Lord hears them and He delivers them out of all their trouble. That's what the book says this morning. And whatever trouble it might be that you're in, maybe it might be this morning that you're involved in a relationship that you don't know how you're going to get out of. It might be that you've got friendships with somebody that's out in the world and it feels like you're being ripped apart. Alright? Friend, I'm telling you, if you'll go to the Lord and you'll take to the Lord and you'll lay it at His feet, friend, He can take care of it. He can handle it. Alright? It might be that you got family members that's lost and on their way to hell. It might be you got family that's out of the will of God, friend. You've carried that burden for long enough this morning. The enemies beat you over the head with it for long enough. If you'll give it to Him this morning, I promise you He can handle it. If you'll give it to Him, and I know, I know, alright, I know that we in here, we come from, we come from a more Baptist background. Alright, we're just a little bit shy when it comes to talking about this thing right here. Alright, well let me tell you right now, I've just decided that I'm just going to be crazy with God. And I've just decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back here this morning. I'm going to tell you that there's more to this thing than just being born again. I serve a God that not only saves. I serve a God that sanctifies. I serve a God that justifies. I serve a God that will one day thank God and 
together with himself. And I serve a God that in the meantime delivers me out of my trouble. Devil telling you you can't get out, the thing ain't no way out. He's a liar and a father of lies and the truth's not in him. The devil would like you to believe that God has no use for you, that God has no desire for you, and that's a lie too. He's, the Bible says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And all he's looking for is for somebody to be useful, all right? Somebody to say, here I am, Lord, send me. That's all he wants this morning. Uh, so, if, And if you want that, if you want to be used of God, all right, let me first of all, let me explain something to you. If you want to be used of God, you better be careful what you ask for. That's right. There's a price that's, got, that's going to be paid. And that price, Samuel, like this, all right, that price is your unyielding allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. He not only expects it, He demands it. What did Peter say to him on Pentecost? It said that he said that He has made this same Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. What did John say about him over in Revelation? It said that he had on his vesture and on his thigh was a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Friend of mine, we've been talking about the kingdom on Wednesday nights. Let me give you a little bit of insight, all right? The kingdom of God is not just fuzzy feelings. The kingdom of God is not just hooping and hollering and shouting. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is obedience to the king. We have a king and he's in charge of everything. And if you are submitted to His Lordship and submitted to His Kingship, you're going to do just exactly what He tells you to. And He, I mean, y'all, He had to chastise me with this earlier this week. He had to get me with it because I had kind of retreated into my shell. When we first started Wellspring, I was excited and I was ready to go and I was wanting to see God move. But then slowly, I, as, the, as the enemy began to attack and began to beat me back into a corner, I just kind of shrunk back and said, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just go back into my little, you know, semi-Baptist corner here. But we, I can't do that. I can't do that. God has brought me too far to turn back. I've seen through. I've, I have seen too much. I see. I, I see it in His Word. The things that I, the things that I've seen happen with my natural eyes. I read about in the Word of God, and I want to see them more and more and more. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you need help from God, go ahead and get a song ready. I'm about done. We're going to go, we're going to go into doing some ministry. Just play something soft, honey. Play that Jesus song again. That's good. Play that Jesus song. I don't even know the name of it. <coughs> but I want you to understand something here this morning. If you are in need of help, the Bible says... First, first of all, if you if you know you're born again here this morning, if you know you're saved, beyond any shadow of a doubt, if you know that, then let me just let me just clarify to you: you are righteous in the sight of God. Don't let the I felt that in my spirit. The devil trying to tell somebody, well, you're not worthy to call on God. Praise God, Jesus made me worthy when He saved me. It's not nothing about my flesh and how clean or how filthy it might be. It's what's on the inside. But if you need 
The Bible says the righteous cry. The righteousness of Christ, the Bible says, has been imputed to us, so we're righteous in the sight of God. It says the righteous cry. And that made that let's up just like Benjamin just did just a second ago. Alright, he wanted something, what did he start doing? He started shrieking and started crying and making a racket. When was the last time that you did that to get what you needed from the throne room of glory? We've not done it enough. We have not cried enough. But the Bible said that first of all, God can't lie. Thank God for that. But here's the thing, when we cry, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears them, He's not dead. He's not off on a journey somewhere, not able. He's in the room. He hears you this morning. And He will deliver you out of all your troubles. How do I know that? Because He is near those that are of a broken heart, and He saves those that are crushed in spirit. Whatever the situation might be, I'm telling you, the devil whisper lies in your ear and tell you you don't need help and tell you you don't need nothing. Let me explain something. You do not listen to him if you're tired of where you've been, if you're tired of living the same old junk and living in the same place you've been in. Cry aloud. You say, well, people think I'm crazy if I start doing that. Let them think what they want to think. My Bible says I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Listen to me this morning. Do you not understand that we've got love? We've got, and by a great cloud of witnesses, all right, people immediately start thinking of loved ones that's done dead and gone on. All right, no, 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 no. They can't see. They can't look down and see what we're going through. That great cloud of witnesses is a thrice holy God. All right, God the Father, God the Son. God and God the blessed Holy Ghost are the great cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded by this morning and they're the ones that are saying press on and press in dig in and don't give up but yet we for some reason Christians will sit they'll sit back and they'll just suffer when we don't have to God can turn suffering into celebration if we'll let Him. He will turn madness into the miraculous this morning. But yet we won't let Him. We'll say, no God, I can handle this on my own. No, you can't. You've carried it long enough and where has it got you? It's got you downtrodden and feeling like you threw the weight of the world on your shoulders. He wants to deliver you this morning. Won't you let him? Won't you let him do it this morning? You cry out to him and he will do it this morning. He will do it. He's in the room. He's in the room. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at wellspringtabernaclenc at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.